Reading tonight will be Jeremiah 17, 5 through 9. Jeremiah 17, 5 through 9. This is what the Lord says. Cursed is the one who trusts man, who depends on the flesh and his strength, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. He will be like the bush in the, in the wastelands. He will not see prosperity when it comes. He will dwell in parched places of the desert, in a salt land where no one lives. But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. He will be like the tree planted in, by the water that sends out roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? Good evening. Thank you, Reagan, for reading the scripture. Brothers and sisters of Christ, I love you all. And before I get to my lesson, I just want to say on behalf of all of us seniors, thank you for supporting us and helping us grow in this lovely church. Tonight we're gathered to congratulate uh, the graduation of six seniors, myself included. And I just want to, this is something I wanted to do. I wanted to give a sermon, kind of give us kind of a warning of what to do and what not to do out in the world. Graduates of Broadway, very soon we're going to be embarking on a new journey in our lives. The paths we choose will either lead us to a home of eternal reward or a place of eternal punishment. We must choose wisely the direction we must go if we want to be in the presence of our Lord. The Bible has set forth for us a standard and what we should believe and how we should live to accomplish this most important goal. But the world would have us believe that there are other paths that are just as good as those found in the Word of God. Tonight, as we prepare to begin this new journey, I want to talk to you about the dangers of what the world would want you to believe. First, the world would want you to believe that you don't need God in this journey of life. Why? If they can plant a seed of doubt about God, they have taken the power of the gospel away. If they can get you to think that they, you don't need God, that's how you're going to think the rest of your life. <clears throat> People who don't need God often become their own God. They rely on their own strength. I was like, ah, I don't need God. And as Reagan read for us in Jeremiah uh, 17, 5 through 9, Thus saith the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man, and makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. So pretty much, if you have faith in man, it's really not going to strengthen you all that well. You might get strength 
for I don't know how many years you live on this earth. But when it comes to eternal life, your soul is not a bargaining chip. That's something you cannot give away. People who don't need God are prideful, they're full of arrogance, and they rely on power to get what they want. Turn with me to Proverbs 16. Proverbs 16. I'll be reading verse 18. Proverbs 16, 18. Pride goes before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. Pride will destroy anything and everything that you stand for. It will give you a superman mentality. You will feel invincible, or so you thought. The only problem with a superman mentality is that there's always Lex Luthor, and there's always kryptonite. Now, some of you might not get that. I, of course, I'm I'm a comic book I'm a comic book fan. So, Superman is one of my favorite heroes. He's strong. He can fly. He has he can shoot laser beams out of his eyes. But his only weakness is a rock. But our weakness is not a rock. Our strength is the rock. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians 1. 1 Corinthians 1, and I'll be reading verse 27. And it reads, But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. Whatever idea you have going through your mind, you're going to be humiliated. You're going to be, everybody's going to be brought down to the lowest level when it comes judgment day. Next, the world would have you believe that the secret to success in this new path is money and material gain. You may have heard the phrase, money is power, money is love, money is strength. Yeah, but temporarily. Money makes you happy. For a little while. Turn with me to Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes 5. Verse, verse 10 says, He who loves money will not be satisfied with money. Nor he who loves wealth with his income. This is also vanity. In the book of Ecclesiastes, King Solomon uses vanity all throughout the book. He is at a point in his life where all he sees in this world is vanity. Money is one of the vanity. It goes hand in hand with it. Yes, money is good for a little while. Money can buy you a new truck. It can buy you a house. It can buy you love 
or not really. You can buy a pretty wife, a happy life, but not love. Turn with me to the book of Luke. Luke 16. And in this chapter, there's a parable. Uh, the rich man and Lazarus. Now for those of you uh, that know, Lazarus was a poor man. He didn't have anything, but he still served his Lord. And the rich man, well, he had all the money and power in the world. And he did the exact opposite of Lazarus. And when Lazarus died, he went to heaven. And when the rich man died, well... Let's just say he went the opposite way. In verse 19, there was a rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and who feasted, that's a long word, feasted greatly every day. And at his gate, he was laid a poor man named Lazarus, covered with boils, who desired to be fed with what fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, even the dogs came and licked his sores. You have to be pretty low to have dogs come and lick your sores. And the lowest position anybody can have is at the feet of the master's table, begging for even scraps, even crumbs. But Lazarus, he looked past all that. He looked past all his suffering. And saw at the end of the road that eternal life was waiting for him up in heaven. And as a fat man, as the rich man grew fat (laughs) with all the money he spent, he drifted further and further away from God. And further and further away from the gift that God gave him. It can happen to you. It can happen to me. It can happen to the president. Yes, even though Donald Trump is a rich man, what he does with that money depends on where he's going. Money isn't the real problem. It's the love of it. God should be our first love. Money can make you forget your first love. I remember my first love. It was God. And then it was my dad. And then, well, I don't know. Maybe Lori. I don't know. And then that. And then, the, and then these guys right here. Stop staring at me, Jacob. God should be our first love before anything else. If you put anything before God, he's not going to acknowledge you. Turn with me to Matthew 6. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 21 reads, For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Where do you want to go when you die? Do you want to take the stairway to heaven or the highway to hell? For those, for those of you who know music, <laughs> For those of you who know music, you get what I'm saying. 
Stairway to heaven is, well, it's a long way up there. It takes a lot of effort to climb stairs. It really doesn't take that much effort to hit the gas pedal and gun it down the highway. So, just think about that. The world will also tell you to make sure to travel the road of social acceptance and political correctness. This is a really sensitive subject here. Political correctness. I don't like it, to be honest with you. I need to conform to the people around me. I need to make sure I don't offend offend anybody. Really? Do you care that much about people that you'll lose your soul? If you if you lose your soul caring about the what the world tells you, what the world wants you to believe, you're in the wrong place. You need to get somewhere right. <laughs> I love my friends too much to offend them with the gospel. So you really love them? So will you love them all the way to hell? If you love your friends, teach them about the gospel. Don't just just say, ah, oh, it's a sensitive subject to them. No. What's, if you want your friends burning in hell, I'm not your friend. <laughs> I want my friends to be with me in heaven, in the paradise of eternal life. Our job as Christians is to get to heaven and take as many people as we can with us. How are we going to do that if we don't talk to our friends about the gospel? I'm I'm just not confrontational. I don't want to be persecuted. Okay. Don't want to be persecuted? Don't talk. Don't talk. Save the gospel. Save the gospel for you. Okay. If you save the gospel for yourself, you're just putting others at risk. Turn to John 15. John chapter 15. And starting in verse 18. If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world... Therefore, the world hates you. Remember the word that I have said to you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. But all these things they will do to you on account of my name, because they do not know him who sent me. Do not keep the gospel for yourself. Spread it. I just want to be liked. Yeah, that's understandable. I want to be liked too. I'm pretty sure everybody in this room wants to be liked. I like every single one of you. I love every one of you. But how are you going to like somebody if they're always trying not to offend you? They're, they're thinking of ways 
to word their sentences just so you don't say, hey, I'm offended at that. Don't say that. As my dad, as my dad said, think before you say. And I've held that so true, I'm doing it right now. <laughs> Turn to James 4. James chapter 4. James is one of my favorite books in the Bible. It's one of my favorite books because there are so many lessons in James. And because every time I get in trouble, Dad would make me read the book of James. Over and over and over and over. But in James chapter 4, verse 4, it reads, You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes... Whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you suppose that it has no purpose that the scripture says he yearns jealousy over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us? Don't be friends with worldly people. And if you do make friends, try try to show them the right path. But if you want to be liked... Don't try, don't try and think of ways to not offend people. Think of ways to get them introduced to the gospel. Get them introduced to Jesus and what he said. Becoming a friend of the world is like cheating on God. Now, there's a word for this. It's called adultery. Adultery is... Adultery means to be faithful to another person or action that you're... I had it in my head a second ago. I'm sorry. Anyway, you're committing adultery with God. If you make friends with this world, you're basically spitting on the Savior's face, saying, I don't want you. It breaks my heart every time I see a friend just fall away into darkness. It breaks my heart. I do not want that to happen to anybody in this room. Finally, the world would have you believe that you have enough time for God and enough time to come out of the darkness. I'm having way too much fun right now. I'm having fun too, okay? I'm having lots of fun. I'm having lots of fun with my youth, youth family. I'm having fun with my family. But I still have responsibilities as a Christian. When we, when we put on Christ in baptism, we became endowed with responsibilities. Responsibilities that we need to hold up. And we can't, we can't forget those responsibilities. Turn to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews 11. And in verse, starting in verse 24, it reads, By faith Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's edict, by Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God, 
than to enjoy fleeting pleasures of sin. Moses had the right idea. Yes, it was tempting to go have fun. You can have fun, but not too much. Moses Moses was one of the greatest men who ever lived in the history of the world. He had the right idea. He wanted to follow God so much, he became dedicated to him. We must choose whether or not to have more comfort in this life or more, or more fun whether or not we want to be comforted in heaven one day. Okay, time for excuses. I'm too busy with work, kids' soccer practice, family events, baseball tournaments. The list of excuses is a bottomless pit. Aren't we thankful Jesus the Christ didn't try to make excuses for going to the cross? Do you think your excuses will be any more acceptable than a rich young ruler? Now is the time to follow Christ. The story of the rich young ruler. This rich and kind of foolish young ruler. He stored up barns of just stuff. And he made more barns of stuff. And God came to him and said, you foolish person. Your soul is needed of you this night. And that's where he went. He went to hell. When we get in the place of darkness, sometimes the light has become so diminished in our eyes that it is next to impossible to come back. When you realize you are headed towards the darkness, turn back that very moment. If you are not careful, the darkness will overtake you. Have you ever been in a desert where it's just flat for hundreds of miles? I haven't. But you see a light over in the distance, and it's so tiny, so faint, that you can hardly see it. And if you keep going this way, it gets smaller and smaller and smaller. But if you get closer to it, it gets bigger and bigger. We need, we need to get our lights bigger. Christ has already paid for your sins once. He's not going to be crucified again just so you'll finally get it. Let's not take for granted the sacrifice in which he made for us. If we remain in the light, there is no danger. Choose to go off in the darkness, and before long, you will hear the chomping of teeth. It doesn't seem possible that we seniors are about to enter this new world of adulthood. I don't know about you, but I'm a little nervous myself. However, that, however... I know that if we all choose to focus our lives on what God would have us to believe and forget about what the world would have us believe, that our life's journey, no matter where it takes us, will ultimately lead to our home with God. If we have accomplished that, we will will have been counted successful. It's the only thing that truly matters in this life. 
don't forget, our the most important goal is to get ourselves to heaven and to take as many people as we can with us. Tonight, if you are here and your path has taken you away from God, I beg you to please come back to reconsider the road you're on. Out of all the paths you will take in your life, the one that will matter the most is the one that leads through the gates of heaven. If you're not on that path, I urge you to get on it. If you like to repent of your sins and put on Christ tonight in baptism, nothing would please me more. If I or we at this congregation can help you in any way, please come forward as we stand and sing.